All right. Is anybody glad to be in church today? Come on. It's like the official start of summer. And uh, that's great for some things, and it is not great for other things, but that is okay. I'm glad you're in church today. It's a good day to be gathered as God's people. Let's pray, and uh, we'll jump right in. God, thank you for your goodness. Think about the scripture that says, it's your mercy that's new every morning, because great is your faithfulness. So, Father, as we worship you today... Holy Spirit, would you fill us? Would you use your word to change our minds, soften our hearts? Would you call us to the vision that you have for our summer and for our life? And would you help us as we talk about our city, as we talk about ourselves, as we talk about looking with you at our city this summer Uh, Would you join us in that and would you lead us to green pastures and still water? Would you be the anchor for our soul? And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Edmund Dante's heart was beating wildly as he opened the huge chest on the Mediterranean island of Monte Cristo. The treasure map given by his friend and fellow prisoner, the Abbe Faria, had proved genuine. As his eyes gazed inside the great chest and he saw a thousand gold ingots, rare jewels, pearls, diamonds and gold coins worth over 13 million francs. He knew he was instantly one of the wealthiest men on earth. That's the famous story written a century and a half ago called The Count of Monte Cristo. And of course, it's a whole novel, so that was like not the whole story. But that fiction leads and pushes and touches the right button in your soul that feeds the fantasies of your flesh, right? How many of us have... Just in case we were to run into a large sum of money, we've got that plan stored right back here just in case. You're like, you know, I don't play the lottery, but if I was to ever win the lottery, I would do. And like for some reason we have like we have it strangely detailed out. Like in a weird way, like you don't even play the lottery, but you're like, I know exactly what I would do with it. Or if like you suddenly like like the movies, like you're just You're the long lost prince that we've been searching for. You're like, I may have thought about that a time or two. And and, and we we read these things and we we love these stories and they're wonderful because inside of us, we all have written on our heart the story of God, don't we? We all have the story in our heart, good versus evil, right? Like, I don't have to teach my boys like battle, right? It's like, it's like they just come out, let's fight. <laughs> you know, it's like the story in the Old Testament where uh, the brothers are being born, Jacob and Esau, and, and they come out and like Jacob's like hanging on to Esau's heel like, no, it's my birthright, right? Like we're just born that way. And, and we have it within us to want something more right and so we read stories like the count of monte cristo and they're inspiring to us they speak to us on different levels and it's 
in us. But what if those of us who call ourselves Christians would take the things that we know to be true and lived as if they were true? You think that would go without saying to a room full of Jesus followers, right? But it is easy for us in the moment that we find ourselves with very little suffering and persecution from a religious standpoint to feel the way that Edmund felt. And yet that is exactly what Jesus says about his kingdom, isn't it? Isn't that oddly interesting that Edmund's experience was similar experience to what Jesus said in a parable, right? There was a man who found treasure hidden in a field and he went and sold everything that he had so that he could go and buy that field. Right? Because the kingdom of God, Jesus says, is like that. And so what I want to suggest to you and give to you is that through a relationship with Jesus, which most of you already have, but if you don't, I want to invite you into that relationship That in that relationship, there is a treasure chest of both present and eternal joy available to you. And I want to give you a three-step process straight from the Bible that will help you and me not just find that, but to feel that. You see, God created our emotions. They're not all bad. They get out of whack sometimes, but they're not all bad. But he gave us those things so that we would feel, so that we would know. That's why scripture has language like that he wants you to taste and see that he is good. He's using our senses. And so today I want you to taste and see and feel That kind of shalom, and in turn, let's not waste our summer. Let's not waste our summer. We're all tempted to phone it in during the summer, right? Like when my kids got out of school, it's just like, we're checking out for a minute. Okay, I'm tired of schlepping three kids to school. I'm tired of checking on their homework. I'm tired of doing uh, practice, and I'm tired of taking them to music lessons. I'm tired of all the things. So we take a break in the summer and it's great, but if we're not careful, right, like that mindset can kind of just take over. And so I want to right at the beginning of our summer challenge you to stay engaged with what those basic things are that lead us to that treasure chest of joy. I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to take the Bible's word for it. So if you have a Bible, go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We're just going to look at a couple verses today and out of that grab a few things uh, that are going to help us like right now. Like right now. That you can use. So in closing his letter to the Philippian church, St. Paul writes these phenomenal words. I want you to just wash over your soul. I want them to be an anchor for your soul, as Scripture says. But here's what Paul writes as he begins to wind down his letter to this church. 
verse 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 says this. Rejoice in the Lord how much? Always. Now I could just stop preaching and you'd have enough to work on this week. And for the rest of your life, right? Like, like how's that going this, as we kick off the summer? Rejoice in the Lord always. Like, always. Like, is there something under that in the Greek pastor that, like, doesn't mean, like, always? There are several of these kind of, like, overarching callings that Scripture gives us, that Jesus gives us. Like, what would your life look like? What, let, let's stop picking on you. What would Mitch's life look like if he was rejoicing in the Lord? That's a key phrase. Always. I can, I can give you four quick applications. Five. I'll give you five quick applications in my life. If I was to rejoice in the Lord always... There are five people or people groups that their life would change probably immediately. My almost six-year-old daughter, Baylor, if, if her dad rejoiced in the Lord always, her whole life would be different. True? Maddox, just turned 10. Let's go, double digits. His whole life would look different, wouldn't it? If dad rejoiced in the Lord always. Malachi, going into middle school, pray for us. Love you. What if, what if his dad rejoiced in the Lord always? My wife, what, what, if, what if her husband rejoiced in the Lord always? What if when I was single and trying to woo Camden's heart, Let's go. What would our dating experience, young adults, singles in the room, what, what would your relationships look like if the mantra of your life, if the calling on your life was to rejoice in the Lord always? Wow. Like, what would Redeemer City Church, let's just bring this right on home. What if you're a pastor... <laughs> Was to rejoice in the Lord. Are, are you catching my drift now? Always. Wouldn't, wouldn't everything be different? See, because the verses I'm about to read to you don't seem real. But I think in this text, there's two reasons that your entire daily, day-to-day life can be different. That's the first one. If you're taking notes today, the first step in not wasting your summer and ultimately not wasting your life, which, but that feels really drastic, right? Like, let's just talk about the summer. Like, whole life, like, easy, buddy. To rejoice. Step one is very simple and yet very difficult, is it not? Rejoice in the Lord always. And in case you weren't listening, he says, I will say it again. That's literally in the text. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. They are. If you're watching online, the kid, Redeemer kids just lost their minds. They're rejoicing in the Lord. That's, that makes me so happy. Looking for that out of you in a minute here. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. An attitude of gratitude is the place to begin every day of your summer. Think about that. When you get up tomorrow morning, an attitude of gratitude is the place to begin. This is a habit of infinite value. This, this attitude is a habit of infinite value. To peel your eyes open and begin the day thankful for what you do have, thankful for what we do have, as opposed to being a, what I would tell my kids, being a whiny hiney for what we wish we had, will change your life. But here's the thing, though. We know that, right? Like, we know that. Like, I, you did not have to come here and me tell you that, except you did, right? Because we're human. Because you and I, we get up tomorrow, and this isn't what we do on Monday morning, right? Like, you're not in the midst of the people of God, listening to the word of God, worshiping to the music of God, which is a small, in a small way, the kingdom of God breaking out on earth, a beautiful thing but you're still the people of god on monday right and so so how do we begin to change and transform monday the principle of tithing is all through scripture right the word tithe means 10 percent. you can apply that to your entire life it's not just a finance thing though that will change your finances i promise you i've been practicing it for a long time Really, since I was born, my parents, I'd like earn a dollar from my grandfather. My, my dad would be like, 10 cents. You're going to thank me later. And I am right now. I'm thanking him. But what if you gave God the first 10% of your week? What if you gave God the first 10% of your month? What if you gave God the first 10% of your day? An attitude of gratitude is a place for you to start with Jesus every day of your life. It has infinite value. And it has a plethora of applications for you this summer. Beyond what I've just shared. Let me, let me touch on a couple that I think are really important for us. Because they're things you know, but they're things if we don't become intentional with. That we begin to we just begin to slide away from our values, right? And we begin to not look like the person we wish we were, right? And so, married fellas, let's start here. Don't worry, ladies and singles, I'm coming for you. We're gonna get men who are married. We're gonna go first. If you're married, your wife wants. Listen to me. Your wife wants as much of your time as the other fellas get. And she's not wrong for wanting that. Okay? Furthermore, I'm going to go another step. Furthermore, for your marriage, for the health of your marriage, for the flourishing of your marriage, for the peace that we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. Okay? Furthermore, looking at porn, having wandering eyes at the beach, at work, or anywhere else brings comparison to your marriage 
that will inevitably drive a wedge in the intimacy only reserved by God for your wife or your future wife. You see, because we can't feed the lust of the flesh and expect the spiritual blessing of God. That's not the way it works. Super important. Just can I, can I say, stop that. I say to me, stop that. Like, right, like sometimes we, 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 will, we will create roadmaps all in our life to try and figure out, like, th- this is not actually hurting me because uh, I'm a ninja. I'm, I'm going to avoid the consequences that are, right, because what does it do? There's pleasure in sin for a season, the Bible says. But in the end, it leads to destruction. So super important, okay, that, that guys, when we get up, with an attitude of gratitude, what does it look like as a married man? Proverbs 5.18 says to, here's our word, rejoice. It's worship. It's spiritual. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. How you see, treat your significant other matters. That same verse at the end says, be intoxicated with her love. Not somebody else's, hers. There's that attitude of rejoice in the wife of your youth. There's an attitude of gratitude that will help you, Ephesians 5.25, love your wife as Jesus loves the church. That's the call. That's our high calling as husbands. It doesn't get any better than that. And whatever lie Satan's telling you in the world that you are listening to, it does not get any better than being intoxicated, drunk in the love of your wife. Super important. It reaches beyond your flesh, that instant gratification. It reaches beyond that to something greater. One more. Husbands, live with your wives. This is 1 Peter 3. In an understanding way. So what, I get in trouble here, and I I might go there anyway. You can't just be like, well, she's a little emotional. She doesn't really understand that that, this command was for, for us, guys. We're called to live in an understanding way. Showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. We're equal playing field. Oh, and here's the thing. The end of that verse says, so that your prayers may not be hindered. God appears to care how we treat our wives. And I am preaching in the mirror. Okay, because if my wife wasn't serving a Redeemer kids right now, she'd be like, you practice what you preach, pal. Working on it. Super important. Okay, married ladies. Are we ready? Three different Proverbs, 19, 13, 21, 19, 25, 24, say that it's better to live on the corner of a rooftop than with a quarrelsome wife. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm just kidding. It's not, why? It does, why? Because the calling's different, right? Start with gratitude. 
Start with gratitude. Find ways to, as 1 Peter 3 says, give respect. Begin with what we're doing well. And then find ways to help us work on what we aren't doing well. But if all you see, listen to me, if all you see is what your husband's doing wrong, there's no hope for things to go right. Proverbs 14.1 reminds you that the wisest of women builds her house. Gratitude. The wisest of women builds her house, but folly with her own hands tears it down. You can't constantly tear down and expect something to be built up. Super important. So, so there's, there's separate but equal callings to men and women in a married relationship. But you need both to happen at the same time for flourishing to take place. Why does that not usually happen? Because one or both of us are like, they need to go first. They, they need to go first. I cannot do this if they won't do that. And then they're saying the same thing. Men, Scripture calls us to go first. We're called to lay down our life for the good of the wife as Jesus laid down his life for the good of the church. Can I get an amen in church today? Let's go. Singles. Young adults. Summer is partly, but it is more than traveling and playing. Okay? Looking at some of you. Wanderlust is real. Can I give you a different vision for your summer? Listen to what Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20 to 24 say, and what they could lay out. And this is for everybody, but I'm picking on the singles, the young adults, the students in the room. Here's what this scripture says. Verse 20. Listen to advice and accept discipline. Jump a little bit in that verse. You'll be counted among the wise. Okay, so that's learning if you're taking notes. Verse 20 is learning. What if we woke up with gratitude and we began our day with learning? Verse 21. Many are the plans. Why is that important? Many are the plans in a person's heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So 20 and 21, learning. 22, what a person desires is unfailing love. But it's better to be poor than a liar. So learning, loving, verse 23, the fear of the Lord is what leads to life. Right? We can, we can get that out of whack, can't we? That it's our experiences, it's our relationships, it's our, you know, you fill in the blank, it's making it at work, it's whatever, whatever that thing is for all of us that we think is going to fill that void. The Bible says it's the fear of the Lord that leads to life. Then one rests content, love, I love this, untouched by trouble, peaceful, learning, loving, peaceful. And then verse 24 a sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He will not even bring it back to his mouth. Work. Life is hard work, right? Like to, to have a learning, loving, peaceful life is hard work. So step one, rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. Always. Keep that with you. As we go to step two, because not till step three that you'll realize why you can even do step one and two. You tracking with me? You picking up what I'm laying down? All right. One of you is. Great. 
believing online that we're with each other. Step two, reason. Okay, step one, rejoice. Step two, reason. Look at what Scripture says. Let your reasonableness, some of your translations will say gentleness, others of your translations will say graciousness, be evident to how many people? Talk to me. Everybody. everybody. All the people. That sounds a lot like it doesn't allow for bad days, which is a problem for me. <laughs> okay, again, like, rejoice in the Lord always. Let your reasonableness, reasonableness be known to all people. Rejoice and then reason, gentleness or graciousness. I'm returning here where I went last week to our keyboard warrior friends. And that's just the, the poster child for what is a problem in all of our culture right now. Okay? So, so reasonable, gentle, gracious. Let's have a class poll. Is that the description of our day? Yes or no? No. I answered for you. Many people. I was tempted to do what scripture did and say all people, but I don't know all people. But many people is where I'll start. Many people, both in the church, this is not me picking on secular culture, because it's sometimes worse in our circle. Many people in the church and in secular culture are angry, divisive, negative, and lazy. It's like the, it's like the four corners of good times. And by good times, I mean bad times. I think Trevin Wax, an author, is on to something when he suggests this, and I'm going to quote him here. One reason, this is for your summer, by the way, think about this. One reason we should consider periodic breaks from social media is because we need time for clearing the mind and disengaging from a world marked by a profound lack of reasonableness. He continues, I love a good debate. I've written before that we need more, not less, arguing online. But by arguing, I mean actual argumentation between people who are committed to reasoning together in pursuit of the truth. Note again, though, the need for reasoning, not quarrels, that emerge from the emotive outbursts and personal animosity. If the world has veered away from reason and kindness in our disputes, then one of the ways a Christian, a Jesus follower, will stand out in this generation is by embracing reasonableness. Reasonableness. Too often, we are so, and I, I am in this group, we are so quick to run, and I mean run, with reckless abandon to the extreme of one issue or another. Right? We are. Phrases have even been crafted like this one, the mushy middle, where nothing gets done. Right? Like, like we, all, we, all, we kind of like, uh, 
maybe. Suggests that being reasonable isn't efficient. And I would just say that in the name of getting things done, we're trampling all over people whom Jesus loves. Is it not better to take the long road of relationship and not ruin a relationship so that they might taste and see that the Lord is good? I'm not talking to the culture right now. I'm talking to the church. Wouldn't it be better for us to lose and win a person in a relationship than win a battle and lose the war? Super important. Again, as Trevin suggests, let's have argumentation. Let's have debate. Yes. But may we not forget this summer that as we get up and rejoice... That we would reason, that we would be reasonable and gracious, that we would not forget that gentleness and graciousness are marks of the way of Jesus. And you can go look at any number of stories in the Gospels that talk about Jesus when he's confronted with something that he definitely disagreed with. Now, one time he made a whip and started going after people, but he's holier than we are. No whips. This is, I think, our countercultural opportunity to look different than the world. I really believe that. I don't think it's the way you dress. I don't think it's the kind of music you listen to. I don't think it's whether you have tattoos or not. I'm obviously pro-tattoo. I don't think any of those things are why the world will know that you are a Christian, right? What does John 17 say? That it's by our love that people will know that we follow Jesus. So important. Lift up your voice and say, I got it. All right. Making sure you're awake. Because step three is the only hope you have to do step one and two. Are you tracking with me? This is really important. Step three is rest. Step one is to rejoice in the Lord. Always. Always. Keep coming back to that because it's still it's shocking to me even as I preach it. Always. And then step two is to reason with all people so that your gentleness, your graciousness would be evident to all people. Rejoice leads to reasonable because I've gone vision up, right? I've loved God. Rejoice. I've shared good news. Reasonable. Right? These are the values on the wall. These are, this is who we are. And now number three, rest. Well, what does that have to do with serve the city? Let's look at it. I'm going to read the rest of this. The end of verse five is the second key. Remember I started saying the first key. Now here's the second key to you even be able to do this, right? Because the first one was rejoice in what? The Lord. Super important because... Jesus is not asking you to rejoice in your circumstances. Some of you are going through things. Some of you are watching online. You're watching online because you're going through some things. And I just I want you to know that like anxiety and depression and you know being 
uh, abused or being oppressed or we could just we just keep going right like all the things maybe your marriage is struggling maybe you're facing cancer maybe your faith it could be any number of things how in the world then do i rejoice how in the world in the midst of my circumstances can i be reasonable how the second key besides rejoicing in the Lord, the second key here is right here at the end of verse five, where it says the Lord. OK, and then there's the focus is on the Lord, not us. Rejoice in the Lord. And then the Lord is near. There's just I want you to process that for a second. The Lord is is near in fact maybe close your eyes and just breathe that in for a second the lord is near if that's true and i I want you to think about that because I, i think it's entirely possible for you to have like believed in the concept of god for your entire life but actually not live or believe that the Lord is near. The Lord is near. The ramifications are incredible. Okay, because look at what the scripture says. The Lord is near, verse 6. Okay, because here's the next outrageous statement. Okay, we're rejoice always, be reasonable to all people. Here's here's maybe the most outrageous thing this text says. Even beyond those two. Here's what it says. Do not be anxious about what? Come on. Anything? I mean, if we were to go around the room right now. I'm not going to, so relax. And ask ourselves... Just honestly, like, are you anxious right now about anything? Like, are you worried about anything? I mean, you would be a liar if you said no. Or you read this ahead of time and you're like, you're like, I've been, I've been working all week. So then you're going to say that. But even at that, right, like. Like, we live in this world. I mean, the last couple years of pandemic, like, it's just a rem- constant reminder. Like, I'm not in control of anything. I'm not in control of anything. And then when we, get, when we lose control, we scamper to gain control. And yet, even in our gaining control, we lose control, right? Then people think we're nuts. <laughs> Do not, I mean, there isn't even, there isn't even like wiggle room here, right? What's it say? Do not be anxious about anything. Wow. But here's the alternative. In every, man, the, the outrageous, like all encompassing words, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with what attitude of gratitude with thanksgiving present your request to god why 
Why would, why would I do that? Because the Lord is near. But that's why I asked you to answer that question in your heart. Because if you don't actually think he's near you, this stuff is bonkers. Be anxious about nothing. And in every situation with thanksgiving, I mean, not even to just complain to God, but like, I got to come happy about it. Thanksgiving, gratitude. This is altogether different kind of stuff. This is, this is off the beaten path. Right? This is what Jesus calls the narrow road that leads to heaven. That few people find. Because few people, me, like that is not my life. And listen, you, like, let's just not waste our time gathering together, right? Like, let's be real. Like, how many of us, like, that is, that's the description of my life. Like, could, could you put yourself in that? Like, and yet, that's the call, right? Like, like, if the Lord is near, this is entirely possible. Why is it entirely possible? We have a reason. Look at verse 7. Because if you'll, if you'll commit that, if you, if you will surrender to the Lordship of Jesus in your life, which is basically just recognizing the Lord is near. Lord encompasses all that Lord is. <laughs> he's in charge. But if he's near and he's as loving as the scripture says he is, if God is love, look at this. You'll do that. The peace of God Stay with me. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. You see, because those outrageous things, if the Lord is near, it transcends all of that. All of your circumstances, all of the things you're going through, all of the deficiencies in your character that you wish weren't there, all of the sins, all of the everything. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will do something in your life. Look at it. Will guard. You ever feel like you're in a battle week to week? You ever feel like Satan's on the attack? If you don't, you've already lost the battle. Like you're, you're way gone. Come back. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts. And your minds in Christ Jesus. So I'm going back all the way to where through your relationship with Jesus, the Lord is near. Step one, rejoice in the Lord always. For some of us today, that is the commitment you need to make right now. Like in just a minute when we sing, you need to have a heart to heart with Jesus, the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, which Colossians says, the 
The earth is his footstool. Everything on the earth lives and moves and finds its being in the Lord. Maybe your step today for the summer is I am going to do whatever it takes to rejoice in the Lord. Which will require some rest. Step three. Right, you're going to find that to do step one or two is going to require some time in step three. Maybe your is number two. Reasonableness, gentleness, graciousness. Are those the marks of your life? Number, step three then, I think you you don't stand a chance to do one or two if you're not willing to rest in him. I think every one of us, every single one of us, right here in the room, watching online, have to commit ourselves to rest in him. What is? But resting is not a passive sport. Did you catch that? To rest in him is to take your stuff Transfer that at the foot of the cross. Because you, like, there's no way. It's outrageous to think that carrying our own stuff, we will be anxious for nothing. What a, what a horribly prideful place to be as a human. No, no, no. Today, maybe your step, my step, is to take our stuff. Transfer that to Jesus, who says, if you'll yoke with me, if you'll do life with me, my burdens are light, my yoke is easy. The peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I believe many of us in the room need to stop guarding our heart and mind on our own. And invite Jesus, petition, as the scripture says, Jesus to come on in and carry that burden. Why is that so important? How do, how do you do that? How, how do you go about inviting him in? Listen to what, like the Bible says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So oftentimes we look at the Old Testament at Israel to see what that looks like, Right? So, so when you go back to Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, Israel was going through some stuff. God's people were going through some stuff. And here was the invitation from God to his people. And I just want to say, this is an invitation for you today, for me today, as we begin our summer of purpose. Here it is. If, and it's an if, it's a big if. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. 
Now listen, that was for Israel. The, the U.S. is not that land, okay? We're talking spiritual kingdom ground right now. Just let's stay with me. <laughs> if you will humble yourself right now. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait. Right now. Let, let's begin our sum, summer in this way. Humble yourself and pray and seek his face. Rejoice, reason, and rest. Don't waste your summer. Don't waste your summer. Summer serve, this sermon series, this, this season of summer at Redeemer is all about serving our city. It's all about looking with Jesus at the city around us and stepping into with intentionality the lives of our neighbors. We'll have practical ways to do that, but that kind of thing, that kind of good news can only come from people who are experiencing good news. And so I want to invite you to do that. On a seat near you is a pray and a celebrate card. On the front it says pray, on the back it says celebrate. We, we cannot expect the blessings of God if we aren't the people of God. That begins with confessing him as Lord. And that opens the door to your relationship with him. But then there's a relationship there. That needs to be fostered. And so I, I just, here's what I want to encourage you. I want you to take one or two or all three steps in your heart when we sing this next song. We're going to stay seated. I'm just going to ask the band to come play. We're going to stay seated. And I want you to just look at that card. Start with celebrate. Every one of us has something that we can celebrate. Let's begin today, right now, to celebrate. Let's attitude of gratitude as a church community. The goodness of God in your life. And let's just begin a new ethos, a new way, a new culture where we begin with gratitude. And then let's flip that over. You're praying about something. And if you're not, there's something you know you should be praying about. Can I just ask you to invite your church into that? That before you walk out of this place, and I realize you might have to go get a pen or something, but before you walk out of here, will you fill that out? Like, I'm, I'm not asking for a lot, people. But here's what I know. If, if we don't take a step, we never start walking. Does that make sense? If we never take a step, we never start walking. Some of the most exciting moments of my life were seeing my children start to try to take their first step. How do you think God feels today? He's at the edge of his seat. Will you, come on, you can do it. Take, take your step and see if God won't show up in your life. And his peace guard your heart and mind in him.
And listen, I get it. There, there are some massive things in front of all of us. I haven't even touched on some of the big ones in our, in our cultural moment. Gender identity. Sexual attraction. Same-sex attraction. Tons of things that maybe you have hidden and buried. And I just want you to know that whatever you write on that card, whatever you're going to invite our elder team to pray with you about and drop in a giving box or take to Info Central, that you are loved here unconditionally. That we will love you, walk with you for the rest of your life if that's what it takes as you wrestle with whatever's in front of you. There are no big sins and little sins in the kingdom of God. You're his kids. And he loves you right where you are. There's no fear in love, the Bible says. So as you lay those burdens on that card symbolically to lay them before him, you don't have to write your name on it. If it's like a big thing for you, and but I want to pray for you even if I don't have your name on it. Our elders want to pray for you even if your name's not on it. But I say all that to say, you got to take a step. You got to get moving. You got to start with gratitude and be intentional with your life. Amen. So I'm going to have the band come up while I pray. And then as they play, there's pens back there by the kids at the desk, like Info Central. If you want to grab one, if not, you just want to listen to the words and pray, that's fine. But before you walk out of this place, do me a favor and fill out a card. Start with celebrate and move to prayer and petition. Because God is moving in our midst. Will you join him? Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for your goodness. I thank you for your peace that passes all understanding. That shalom is possible. And Holy Spirit, we just admit, we confess, we surrender in this moment. That so often we are trying to do that on our own. And Lord, we just, we want to lay that down right now as we listen to the words of the music and the song. We want to join you in the renewal of all things and you choose your people to be that place where your kingdom breaks forth into the earth. Would you woo us into that place, Lord? Holy Spirit, would you call us into that place? That we would join together creating a new culture of gratitude and prayer. All wrapped up in the Lord, in you. That's where we want to be. Let's listen to this song as we sit and